Good morning. We are thankful for your presence this morning to all of you, especially to our members. We're glad that you're here. As has already been stated, we have some who are back with us for the first time in a while. It's good to see Faye Buford with us. It's good as well to see Brother James Chin leading in worship again as he's been away from us for a while and will probably have to be leaving again, but we're thankful to all of our members who have made it to be with us this morning, but especially to our visitors as well. We're glad that you're here. Thank you for coming our way. Uh, still being the somewhat new preacher here, sometimes I go to greet someone and everybody else is hugging them. So I don't know, may not have met you yet. You may be more familiar and have visited here before, but whether you're a first time visitor or this is a, a second or many times that you've been here, we're grateful that you are with us this morning. If you've got your bulletin, you may have noticed the title of the lesson already and as has been stated and prayed for, we are thankful for the day that we had. We call it a downtown encouragement or day of uh, downtown encouragement, something along those lines. And we want to take a few moments this morning and recap that for just a few minutes. And if you have your bulletin and you see the outline there, it's in parentheses because we are going to talk about our downtown encouragement. But of course, we want to encourage ourselves as well for a few moments with the idea of encouragement as well, just in general this morning as we conclude our thoughts. If you'd like to be back with us this evening at 6 o'clock as we worship again, we're going to continue a series that we've been looking at about being lost in the credits. We've looked at several Bible people, Bible characters already. We're going to continue that again this evening looking at someone else that maybe we can take a few lessons from in the Bible. And We'd love to have you back with us again this evening. About six months ago, my family and I decided to accept the position, gladly accept the position that was extended to us to work here with this congregation. And within just a few days or a week or so of, of accepting that position, we drove to the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. Uh, the company that I worked for before had a, 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 a plant, if you will, a, a warehouse in Monterey, Mexico. So I got an email that said that Saudi's going to Monterey. And I thought, okay. And I found out that's the middle of nowhere in Tennessee, uh, north of here and around Cookville and Crossville up in that area. And we went and we showed up on that Saturday morning and we became a witness firsthand to what this congregation can do when they put their mind to something and they put their finances towards something, when they put their time towards something, they put their hands and work and their feet and their everything towards something. That day of caring or day of encouragement that has taken place for a few times up in Monterey. It was very encouraging to those people, and it was encouraging to my family as we had a chance to see this congregation. And again, whether or not you were there, you were a part of the effort to see this congregation working. And so as we heard about this downtown encouragement that takes place around the end of November and the 1st of December, we were looking forward to being a part of that. And we were curious because you all told stories about how wonderful it had been before. And we looked forward to being able to be a part of something that would be so encouraging. And so about eight or nine days ago, it began. It began on a Friday night. And of course, it began long before that with a lot of the planning that took place. But it began with the great potato peeling party of 2018. Uh, and this picture, one picture does not begin to do it justice uh, we were not able to be there as we were uh, with some family for Thanksgiving on Friday night, but uh, from the pictures that I saw, and again, the stories that we heard, uh, this is just one, but there were many, many potatoes that were peeled, there was chicken that was prepared as we thought about the food that we were going to be uh, giving the next day, and so a lot of work was done on Friday night. You can see, I don't know how well you can see from your seat, but in the background, a lot of the clothes and boxes that were already prepared 
I had a few pictures of that that we had done uh, a couple of Sundays before and forgot to include one of those. But with the packing of the bags and the preparing of the clothes, all that was done ahead of time. And again, I'm going to emphasize that because if you weren't there last Saturday... It's all right. There may have been a reason. There may have been something going on. We understand not not everybody could be present on Saturday, but everyone here as part of this congregation had a part in what went on because of, again, either the money that you give that the congregation puts towards the effort of the time, maybe that you put in or the things that you collected. But there were a lot of folks that worked very hard on Friday night preparing some of the food as well as loading things up, not only in the truck, but in the church van so that we could take them over on Saturday morning. I like to call this picture photographic evidence that the preacher was there and was working. All right? Just want to clarify. Uh, we loaded the van down. I was worried, uh, you know, driving it. Hannah and I showed up here on Saturday morning. And just to share with you, uh, you know, how, how much I was excited, but I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, we all know the efforts that, that Missy and Missy and William and had put into and in leading this up. And we showed up at the building here on Saturday morning to get the van full of food. And uh, we met Missy in the lobby, and she had that Missy smile on her face. And she said, this is my favorite day of the year. And I said, I'm glad, but that scares me because I don't know what we're going to get into uh, with all that she's going to get us into on this day. But it was very encouraging. And that van, as we drove it there, I was worried about all that food in the back. But we were able to get it here and unload all of that, as well as the clothes. Some of you who were involved before, this is the Bessie Smith Hall, the Bessie Smith Center that is downtown on Martin Luther King Boulevard. Last year, you'll see pictures if you've never gotten to attend this function of the room that we ate in. I don't know how everything fit into that one room last year. We were very thankful, and the people were very kind. And again, this is a testament to the congregation here, but the people there were very kind uh, to towards the congregation, towards Missy and those who were, uh, you know, securing this site. Very kind to the efforts that you all put forth last year. And so, as several of them went and looked at the site again and talked to the people there, I mean, they were even willing to come down on the price that they would charge us for renting it because of the good work of this congregation. But thankfully, this year we were able to get a second part of the center there, and you see this is part of the area where the tables were, with the shoes, the clothes. And lots of other things. And so the people were able to come in and get their bag uh, that had some of the hygiene products and other things in it, some information and goods for them, move over to this room where they could get some shoes or clothes or household goods, things that they might need, and then come over uh, to the other part. Just want to remind you that the preacher was working, okay? All right, we can move on. Uh, we see here, some folks wasn't sure if he was there on time or working, but he was there. Uh, in the part where we were able to serve the food, there's an area where we can uh, have the food, the plates there, the folks come through the line. This is a little bit of the staff that was able to prepare the food there, lay it out in front of the folks so that they could come through the line and get a plate. Uh, this year we had three different types of chicken, uh, flavors, if you will, of chicken, so they could choose between that, including uh, just chicken nuggets for some or for the kids. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of work that went on here. I know uh, I didn't ask any of the Mastersons in particular if they were dizzy from the time they would go this way and then this way and then this way and turn back and forth between the food behind them and the plates in front of them. Uh, but they did a lot of work right there. And, of course, that was one of the high traffic areas as people were coming through and getting some of that food there. This is the kids' table that was up front in the main hall there, and we'll have more pictures of that in a moment. Uh, but one of the things that was very encouraging is the fact that there are a lot of people that come with their kids, and we can take a moment and try to encourage them. There was a table of crafts here. There was a table of uh, Play-Doh that's kind of in the background there. There were some toys that they could take as well. And so 
You know, there were a lot of young kids that could come in and also be encouraged by the things that were done there. In fact, one of the things I was amazed of is the fact that, that the folks that helped man the table there, that helped work the table, were some co-workers, or at least one co-worker of Missy's. They have no connection to the church here or anything or anybody, but through her and her efforts and encouragement, they were willing to come uh, all the way down from, I think, around the Knoxville, Kingsport area and help uh, on part of the day. Uh, and bring their kids so that they could be encouraged uh, by the things that we were doing there as well. And so we were able to help and work with some of the children that were brought in. This is another picture of the main hall, the main room there. You can see some of the tables. For the first couple of hours, it was very, very full. Uh, we were kind of crammed and running folks through and not necessarily trying to run anybody off, but make sure we could get every seat filled with people and serve everybody that wanted to come through. Uh, if you can make out the blue in the background, it's, it's a little brighter for me on the back wall there, but that, that is the puppet stage that was up on the stage. Uh, we took a moment and had a prayer, tried to have a prayer for the food. We took a moment and shared a little devotional uh, from up there on the stage in both Spanish and in English. And then we did a puppet, sh uh, puppet show several times that was recorded. Uh, recorded on audio so that nobody had to be heard. Uh, it was just played over the loudspeaker, but then they, some of the kids that were there had the puppets and, and acted out a few skits that told a few Bible stories there. And of course, we tried to get the kids' attention uh, up there on the stage to observe what was going on there. One lady, uh, later on when they did it, got up there with her phone and was either videoing it or taking pictures uh, there of the puppet show that was going on. And so we, we kind of had, this was, you know, besides the clothes, the main area of things that were going on. We had a table up front. Uh, there that Tabitha and Harrison kind of manned. Then they kind of moseyed out among the people as well and, and went out and kind of talked to people at their table more than asking them just to come to them. But we asked them if they needed a hug, if they needed a prayer, if there's anything that we could do. We handed out the bracelets that we have usually out here front, again, both in Spanish and in English. We had copies of Muscle and a Shovel that we could hand out if anybody was interested in reading that great book. And so we just took time and asked folks to stay in this area and just be with us for the four hours that they were there, if they would. They could hear uh, some teaching. They could talk to somebody. Anything that they wanted to, to, you know, wanted or needed from us, we would do our best to meet that. Uh, this is Jamie, many of you know. The person next to Jamie is not one of the people who was there uh, to be helped. And that's only an inside joke because he got asked a few times if he wanted to go through the line. That is Jamie's husband, Brandon. Uh, and we think it's the beanie hat is what it was. Uh, but a few folks that didn't know him asked him if he needed to go through the line. But he was uh, part of the kitchen staff there. And we were very thankful for their efforts in leading that. Uh, this was our kitchen staff. I know in years past there have been kind of more of a quick meal, if you will, uh, hot dogs or chili, nachos, those kinds of things, which I'm sure the people were appreciative of. But we decided this year to try to do more of a, a sit-down meal. Thought about Thanksgiving, but of course some of these folks get Thanksgiving meals through some other places or some other things that people do. Uh, so we went with the chicken and the green beans and the corn and the roll. And so Jamie and her crew, her family, a lot of Sneeds were in there uh, working around, very busy. Uh, and so they were able to do a lot of uh, busy work in there during the day. And we were very thankful uh, for what was uh, going on in the kitchen because it provided a good hot meal for those that came afterwards. I'll share with you just a few more things here and then we'll move on to our lesson. Uh, if you will, by the numbers, there were 460 people who were encouraged. I wasn't sure what to put there. I thought about served. I thought about helped. I thought about many other words. But the point is we're trying to encourage people. We're not necessarily trying to baptize people. We're not exactly trying to tell people they need to start driving to Saudi Daisy to go to church every Sunday or anything. But 460 people were encouraged. 
Uh, there were eight congregations who were involved, and five of the eight were there that day. Now, it takes a lot of people, it takes a lot of planning, it takes a lot of money, of course, as well, to put on something like this. And so we had some congregations who provided support in other ways, certainly monetarily, but even so by preparing desserts or things like that. So I think we got up to eight congregations involved, but not everybody was represented necessarily on that day. But at least five of the eight were. And I believe the number got up to around 40 from Saudi who were there that day. Now again, I choose very carefully the words. 40 from Saudi were present that day. But you'd be crazy to think that everyone here was not involved in some way. Again, we can't all be there. If we were all there, we wouldn't have any room for anybody to come through the line. We don't need everybody to be there. uh, But we need everybody's help. To get something like this done. And so we were thankful for the 40 that came, but we're even more so thankful to all of you who support us, not only again monetarily or in potatoes or in whatever, but especially in prayer because it takes all of that to get things done. Just a couple of other things, not necessarily numbers. There were some contacts that were made. Um, a few things, a few folks were talked to. Uh, Central is one of the congregations that's involved. Being downtown, we kind of pointed them maybe towards Central a little more than other places. Uh, I know Catherine Ison talked to one lady who was trying to give her directions, I think from the Ridge Cut all the way to Saudi Daisy, and I wasn't much help there. But I mean, we want people to come here. We'd love for people to come here. But, you know, we talked about some contacts. I know that Travis Friedel from the North Hamilton congregation stayed to the very end. We were all cleaning up and we have people are loading things back in the trucks and in the van and Travis and a couple were still standing, uh, sitting in there talking to a lady had given her a couple, a copy of muscle and a shovel and got her contact information. I think the bus at central was going to try to put her on the list to be picked up. So there were some contacts that were made along the way. We're very thankful for that. Uh, there were animals too. I only tell that because Jamie said the only time that she cried uh, was that they're not the only time. I shouldn't say it that way, maybe. Uh, but that there was a man who had a dog with him, and he was concerned about that and, and wanted some scraps maybe for that dog, and he had left him out front. Uh, but, you know, they those folks are, are wanting uh, to care for themselves and for others as best they can, and uh, he was interested in trying to get uh, some scraps for even his animal, if he could, to help out. Some of you uh, know Marco Diaz. Uh, Marco was someone that Missy was able to make contact with early in the week as we had uh, some contacts fall through. We were trying to get someone there who could speak Spanish and who could minister and talk to those who were Spanish speaking. Missy told me last year she thought that there was around 30% or so maybe who were Spanish speaking who were there. Some, that's all they could speak. So without someone there to help translate or anything like that, we're just kind of in trouble or up the creek there. And so uh, we were looking for someone to help with that. Uh, When Marco and I got up together to kind of talk for a few moments and share just a little devotional message, I think several of us thought it was more like 70% at that moment of the people who were there this year, again, not last year, but this year, who were Spanish speaking. And so we're very thankful for Marco to come with his wife and to help do some speaking and some translating. Uh, He also did a lot of talking just with people there. There was a family there, uh, Spanish speaking, who had a special needs child. Um, He actually sent an email to Missy and she forwarded to me this week of several of the contacts that he made of people trying to encourage them, see what needs they might have, make contact, get their information, and that type of thing. And then, of course, as we said, there was a hot meal that was served as well. And the story that goes along with that is that, you know, those who were serving that got a chance to see uh, the appreciation on some people's faces when they accepted and thought about that hot meal. I know Christy Masterson was one in particular that said, you know, it brought tears to her eyes to think about, I don't have to worry about my next meal. And some of these folks may have to worry where their next meal is going to come from. 
And so the opportunity that we have to encourage them with a hot meal is something that, is, that we can do that's not hard. Uh, it takes some work, but it gives to them something that they may not know they may not get for a few days or weeks. This is sort of a panoramic shot, again, that somebody was able to take of the whole hall there where we were doing the serving. There was a lot of busyness going on, not busybodiness, but a lot of busyness that day working to encourage people. And that was very encouraging to all of us. I find it interesting and found it interesting to think about because this is done right after Thanksgiving. And so right after Thanksgiving, you know, we've all participated in a meal like this, maybe. You know, we've been around with family. Maybe we held hands. We prayed together. There was a nice meal there on the table and we participated in Thanksgiving. But I find it interesting because of what takes place right after Thanksgiving. I don't know how many of you recognize this, but if you can make out what's on the screen there, that's not a picture of Black Friday somewhere in the United States of America. That's a picture of Black Friday in Chattanooga, Tennessee. In case you didn't know, that picture of people pushing over each other and almost knocking down a sales associate was picked up not just by the news here, but it went as far as USA Today and ABC News. It got picked up in Chicago and Tampa and Philadelphia. Oh, little Chattanooga, Tennessee on the news because the people who were giving thanks just a few days before are knocking each other over to get to something that maybe they want on Black Friday. It's interesting the contrast that sometimes takes place in our lives. We go from being thankful to being thankless. We go sometimes from being indebted to having ingratitude. We go from being appreciative to being annoyed. We go from being satisfied sometimes to being selfish. Unfortunately, that's the way our lives go. But we're thankful for the time that we have, not only in our downtown encouragement, but to be encouraged as well. You see, encouraging is one of life's greatest but most underappreciated blessings. One of life's greatest but most underappreciated pleasures or blessings, if you will. When we think about our lives, as we list the blessings that we have or the things that we enjoy, encouraging probably isn't even usually on the list. Must less, must less at the top of that list. But when we think about encouraging, it's something that brings us pleasure. The opportunity to encourage others because as we said on the, the Facebook post where we were trying to, to uh, promote the sermon in our service today, this, this day carries a double meaning. It's an encouragement to those that we are seeking to encourage, but it's encouragement as well to those of us who help and are a part of it. We leave encouraged because encouraging can be giving. It is giving in a way. It's, it's our giving of our word sometimes. We think about a teammate who... who pumps up his team and says let's go we think about someone who pats someone on the back and says good job we're thankful for what you did it is our words but sometimes encouraging is also giving of our time encouraging sometimes sounds like something that can be difficult but at the same time it is at the very heart of the gospel we think about john three sixteen. of course everybody in the world knows john three sixteen, but they understand the meaning of it for god so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. That's what he was willing to do with his love, to show his love. He gave. And we can do the same thing. We think about the words in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 as well. Peter is preaching to Cornelius' house. And this is such a great chapter. We think about Acts 2, and Acts 2 is encouraging because of the day of Pentecost and the sermon there. But, but Acts chapter 10 is encouraging because the gospel is opened up to the Gentiles there. But in Acts chapter 10, as Peter is preaching that sermon, he says that Jesus went about doing 
good. Jesus went about doing good. See, giving is at the heart of the gospel. Giving is also encouraging. And we're thankful for not only those who were there that day, but all of you took part in this encouragement and in this time of giving because it is one of life's greatest and most underappreciated pleasures. It is something that we think might be difficult, but in the end we receive a blessing from it as well. When we think about encouragement, encouragement very simply is the process of inspiring others to live with greater hope, confidence, and determination. To live with greater hope, confidence, and determination. That's all that encouragement is. It seems like such a big deal to us. Maybe sometimes we make it into such a big deal sometimes in our life. But very simply, all we're trying to do is encourage others, inspire them to live in such a way. Now, it's not just hope and confidence and determination when it comes to the Christian walk, when it comes to serving God. But we start there. As I said, we we try to encourage people to think about why we're doing this. For those who were able to buy one of the shirts or wanted to buy one of the shirts and wear them on that day, it talked about giving God the glory. One of the first tables that I walked up to as some folks got there and sat down, one of the guys looked at my shirt and said something about, you know, giving God glory, kind of in a question way, but kind of making a statement. And I said, yes, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to encourage you because we want to encourage you with the love of God. We're not going to necessarily beat you over the head with the Bible. We're not going to require that you come to a service before we do anything for you. But at the same time, we're here to encourage you with a warm, hot meal, with clothes and shoes and other things you might need, meeting your physical needs. We want you to understand that we're here to encourage you as well to think about why we're here. I mean, we're here because it feels good, because it encourages us. We're here to show you that this is the love of God. And because encouragement is a biblical ministry. Encouragement is a biblical ministry. If you've got your Bible, we think about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, Paul says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another. Or, therefore, comfort each other and encourage one another, just as you also are doing. It's a biblical ministry. We are to be encouraging each other. We're to be edifying one another. We get that here. I hope that's part of the reason you're here this morning. You should be here because we're here to worship God, but you should be here because we encourage each other. We stir up one another to love and to good works. Encouragement is a biblical ministry. As well, we think about Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, where the Hebrew writer says something along the same lines of encouragement. But exhort one another, or encourage one another, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We should encourage each other because by encouraging each other, we're able to avoid many times the sin in our life. You're here this morning. We pray that you can come back this evening on Wednesday on any other thing that we have going on so that you can be encouraged. If you're here and you're being encouraged, chances are you're going to stay away from the sin. As the Hebrew writer says there, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of of sin. That's the way the world treats it many times. We become hardened by the passing pleasures of sin. 
The passing pleasures of sin. The things that go away. The things that won't be there in the end. We avoid that by encouraging one another. Encouragement is a biblical ministry. We see it many times in the Bible as well. We think about Deuteronomy chapter 3 verses 27 and 28 where Moses is the one that's being told to encourage, but he's being told to encourage Joshua. Says The Bible says, Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. And if we think about the context there, we put ourselves in the shoes of Moses. You think about Moses going from here all the way down to here, thinking about having to go look and see this land, which he will not be able to enter. But God follows it up in verse number 28, but, but command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see. You see, Moses, you're not just supposed to encourage Joshua, but you need to encourage him even after you're going to be discouraged a little bit. You're going to need to go and see this land which you will not be able to possess or inherit. But at the same time, coming away from that, you need to encourage. You need to strengthen Joshua. Many times in our life, we struggle with encouragement. We especially do when we're discouraged. And that's hard. But when we are discouraged, sometimes we can pick ourselves up if we will look for a way to encourage others. Even Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verses 6 through 8 has a moment to encourage the children. As the children of Israel are being attacked here, as they are being attacked and they sort of begin to look and think about what may be getting ready to happen to them. And verse number 6, Hezekiah is told to go encourage them. And he says, Then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and gave them encouragement. Saying what? What does he say? He says something that we've seen. He says something that we've already heard before in the Bible. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. He was to encourage the people and he gave them those powerful, powerful words that were given to Joshua as well. Be strong and courageous. Because ultimately God is on our side. If we will follow after him, we can take strength and comfort and encouragement from him. We look at Moses and we look at Hezekiah and we see that. Of course, as well, as we think about the great encourager, the Apostle Paul. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and as for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, encouragement... And even discouragement was a problem for Paul as well. And maybe even more specifically here, those that Paul was trying to reach out to. He says to them and to those in Laodicea, I've not been able to come to you. You've not seen my face, but I want you to be encouraged. 
We don't have to have the greatest preacher in the world. We don't have to have uh, the greatest person in the brotherhood or anybody to come before us to encourage us. We should encourage each other, being knit together in love, he says here. Are we seeking to encourage those around us? You see, as I I said kind of jokingly, we didn't necessarily tell everybody at the downtown encouragement you need to drive to Soddy Daisy and come to church services here. But we hope that some of them might consider that because of the encouragement they receive from this group of people. They see that we are knit together in love. That you can come here and you can be encouraged by those around you. That this is a place that will lift you up build you up to greater things, to encouragement, to be the best person, the best Christian that you can be. That's the point of the downtown encouragement. We meet the physical needs of people. That's part of the goal. But as well that we encourage each other. Moses, Hezekiah, Paul, and many other examples that we could look at in the Bible showed us that encouragement is something that we should be taking a part in. But the question as we conclude our lesson this morning is, what about you? Can we add you to this list? Can we add you to this list of people who are doing things to encourage others? Who could you encourage today? What can you do to encourage others around you? A day of encouragement? That's a good start. But what else can we be doing along the way? As I sat down and talked with Missy even this past week about some of the things that I observed or maybe you know some of the things we might could, could do better or look at changing or how we could improve the whole process as she's been gathering some of that information for many of you, I, we sat down and talked and you know that was one thing she said. How can we do this more than just one Saturday a year? Maybe it's not that same undertaking. Maybe it's not the same thing which requires months of planning and weeks and a whole day. But what can we do to make sure that this is something that we do more than one Saturday a year? That's the question. That's the encouragement for you this morning as well as for me. What can we do as we walk out of these doors this morning, as we go into our work week to encourage others around us? You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to have lots of money. You have to have just yourself and the will to encourage others. To see that it's something that God wants us to do. And yes, has even told us that we should be taking part in. And then you've got to go do it. you just got to jump in in some way, some form, some fashion to encourage those around you. Maybe it's those who are lost. Maybe it's those who need to come to know Christ. Maybe it's just others here in this congregation. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's family members. We could go on and on. But this morning, what can we do to encourage those around us? You see, we can't begin to encourage people in the biblical sense until we are a child of God, until we become gospel obedient, obeying God's simple plan of salvation. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never become gospel obedient. We'll be singing in a moment to encourage you to partake in this simple plan of salvation. It takes several steps, several things that the Bible tells us we must do. Jesus says, repent or perish. Sounds pretty simple to me. We have to repent. We're told as well that we need to be baptized for the remission of our sins so that the Lord can add us to His church and we can begin to live faithfully. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never done that. We would study with you even this day if you have questions to make that great commitment. Maybe, you, maybe you're here and you've done that. You're a part of the Lord's body, but you've not been encouraged very much. Or maybe you've not encouraged others. Maybe there's sin in your life that separated you from God that leaves you discouraged because you're outside and you feel weird. And rightfully so because you know there's something that's amiss in your life. We'll be singing as well to encourage you 
that you would come back to him, that you would repent of your sin and let him know that you're sorry for what you've done, make a change in your life, change your mind, pray to him for forgiveness, and he is willing to do just that, that you can again walk in the light as he is in the light. That's why we're together, to encourage one another, even with the words of this song, as we stand together and as we sing.